0: Show. The Marie Manucciary Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manucciary Show has a listening audience that ranges from the US, Scotland, South Africa, to Australia, and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com. Or call 425-825-5671. To find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial.
1: Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Welcome everyone to the Marie Manucherry Show. We are live here in Seattle at noon. This is our new time slot, noon in Seattle on Thursdays, you'll hear a repeat of this show or whatever show happens to play live at noon tonight at 7. And thankfully, I'm just so grateful to announce that Catherine Alice is live. I'm from, is it North Carolina, Catherine? Is that what you said? you Atlanta, Georgia right Atlanta, now. Atlanta, Georgia. She's in Atlanta, Georgia right now taking a break from this amazing world traveling that you're doing with your husband and your children. That's right. Yes. And Catherine Alice, who I, I was fortunate enough to meet you last year and fell madly in love with you. I think you're a wonderful woman. <laughs> well, and likewise. <laughs> we enjoyed each other's companies ver- very much, and we've been able to keep track ver- via email and now Facebook, which is really fun.
2: Yes.
1: And uh, and you were here in Seattle this time last year. I had you on the show for Valentine's Day. That's
3: right. And it was
1: so much fun. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And then you taught a workshop a workshop at East West Bookshop, which I loved. I attended. It was very helpful. And you are the author Oh, you're welcome. You are the author of Love Will Find You, a fantastic book about the very beginning stages all the way to the when you meet someone who's your soulmate. Right. Love that book. It's truly helped me in my dating processes as well. And I just think it's a phenomenal book. And you've helped thousands of people find partners.
3: I have. I have. I'm getting a lot more love stories than usual this time of year because I think the people who found love through my work are so grateful. That they're looking forward to an amazing Valentine's
1: Day. Oh, that's so wonderful. I know. It oh, does
3: my heart good to see
4: it, too.
1: Well, uh, you know, you're the right person to help people find one another and get, you know, through their stuck areas and, and really learn to be to open up their heart or move away from a relationship that's not feeding them so that they can be available for the one that would yeah you're just perfect at that well thank you <laughs> you're welcome so um when you leave atlanta where are you guys heading after that well we actually then are going to north
3: carolina on uh, my oh. my husband and my um my two youngest there are many relatives they haven't met so we're going to do this thing we call a drive about and that's we're going to different spots in north carolina and, and meeting relatives they haven't met and um and then we're headed to, out to south america
1: Beautiful and of course no timeline. You guys are just free travelers. We're
3: free travelers right now. I mean, we're very fortunate because our income comes virtually. I think authors are some of the freest people I've ever seen. Most (laughs) authors, successful authors I've ever interviewed, are the ones who can live in Timbuktu and and be just—they don't have to live anywhere in particular. And so it's really fun. We just went around the entire earth.
1: Oh my! In the middle of
3: it, in the tropics.
1: And you're so brave because you have two small children as well as two grown children. That's right. How old are the little ones right now? The
3: little ones are two and six and they are great travelers thank goodness.
1: Well I think they've been trained well. (laughs) Pack up because we're leaving in five minutes. (laughs) Grab some bananas off the banana tree and then we're heading out.
0: (laughs) That's That's wonderful.
1: So you're also writing another book. You're in the process of I am writing another book. And what's that about?
3: Well, it's, um, it's still being formed right now. I taught one, one um, tele-seminar on it, and boy, did I ever get the response on it because it's kind of controversial. It's about the levels of, of, um, of love because wow. the lowest level of, um, of love is, is kind of like animalistic a little bit. I mean, I know you, as, as an intuitive healer, you, you know about this, but um, people are really scared that we exist on that level when they're single and dating, mm-hmm. and we don't. And so, um, and, then, and then the next level is, is more of a human level, and a lot of people get married from that level. Nobody mm-hmm. really ever finds any kind of love or marriage or anything at the bottom level. Mm-hmm. And then, then the second level is the human level. A lot of people make the mistake of getting married or getting serious on that level, and that's mm-hmm. the wrong level. It, mm-hmm. it comes out of the wrong um, motivation. And then I talk about the soulmate level. That's the level that you want to meet someone, and the people who do, even studies have confirmed the people who consider themselves soulmates, even after like 25 years together, they still have the hots for each other. You wow. know, like the chemistry never dies. It really, it's the real deal.
1: Wow. That, yeah. And that's what you have with your husband, John.
3: That's what I have with my husband, John. Yeah. And I could almost cry when I think about it because <laughs> I feel so blessed.
1: Right. And, and luckily, because of your own ability to figure out how to attract your own healthy relationship, that's what you do. You go out in the world and you help people do the very same thing.
3: I do. Well, the, the joke of it is that I was doing that before my husband, John, came along. Mm-hmm. Um, he I got an inner message that was so clear that I couldn't ignore it that said, your soulmate will come in two years.
5: Wow. And
3: uh, <laughs> But it was such a clear message that I was able to have faith about it and go about my business. But I produced a whole lot of soulmates for a whole lot of other people before mine actually came along.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's just amazing. I love the stories in the book that you wrote, Love Will Find You. You know, one of them is the first support group that you started with a group of women. At least I think it was the first support group. And one of them was like in her 60s or 70s. And everyone in the group thought, oh, maybe she won't be finding love, but yet she was the first one.
3: <laughs> that's right. She was the first to go. <laughs> I think the universe does that. You know, that happens a lot in my workshops. The the least likely person, the one that everybody thinks could, would have the hardest time finding love, is the first to go. Wow.
5: <laughs> and but,
3: that's very encouraging to everybody else who, you know, gosh, if that person could find love, surely there's somebody for me.
1: Absolutely. And so,
3: you know, as they find the fate Yes, they get love, too. That's what happens.
1: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. And, Eric, why don't we um, hand out our phone numbers because people can call in today and ask Catherine questions.
6: Absolutely. You can dial us toll-free from anywhere in the world at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. Or locally, Seattle Bellevue area at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. And I'm so excited about your new book. It sounds fantastic.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it, um, it's there's been such an amazing response to the material that I've been teaching mainly to my love club, which is the, um, the group of people who work with me regularly. Wow. And um, there's been a terrific response because it... Um, I've never heard anybody actually spell it out. You know, right. they hint at it, but I don't think anybody quite gets And And I laugh sometimes because sometimes if you see a study on TV, they're actually talking about a different level than you would ever find love. Wow. And, I mean, I even heard one documentary say... Well, who would ever even try to find love, considering all of this? Well, they were talking about a different level, kind of our our biological animal level.
5: Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah, okay, well, there's a level at which we do have to k- take care of our biology, and we are animals, but we all know we're not. Mm-hmm. We're the only species that that actually, um, pair, for the most part, we end up pairing up
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, and being monogamous, and and uh, you know having very long term, very rich relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, you how know. many levels are there in your new book? Three. Three. Wow, that's good. I like that. That's nice and simple. You, you can kind of figure out where you are and then where you want to be. Exactly. Oh, excellent.
3: And oh. I think most people are not at the bottom level, but they're scared of it. Like, they, they're scared that it works that way. And a lot of people, I mean, amazingly amount of perfectly, perfectly rational people who should know better, uh-huh. they kind of pay, pay lip service to that level or they actually do stuff. Um, to try to be on or look appealing on the animal level, and it doesn't even work. It's not necessary.
1: Right. It's very short-lived.
3: It's short-lived, and it's it's just not anything that would ever last or that you would want.
1: Right. It can so. be fun, though.
3: Well, it can be fun <laughs> on one level, but usually it's just very empty.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, done with that. Oh, great. That was fun for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. Uh, So in your book, Love Will Find You, um, you talk about, uh, you know, getting ready for love coming into your life. You know, one of the things, of course, is letting go of things that um, barriers or old love, loves that you haven't let go of so that you can free your heart for the new one. Mm -hmm. And you even have a CD that helps, you know, people meditate and go through all of the steps. That's right. Of clearing that out of their self, out of Mm -hmm. their cells and their DNA. And then you help people um, kind of prepare for it, like... I I love, um, you wrote in your book about screaming out the window, thank you for my husband or <laughs> my wife, even before you ever meet anyone. That's right. So you can get the frequency and the vibration up so that you can go ahead and, you know, tell the universe, yeah, that person's here. I'm so grateful that they're here.
4: That's right. Exactly.
1: And then you have, of course, preparing meals and buying lingerie or, you know, getting your house all set up, you know, making room. Well, that's room. something
3: I suggest people do for Valentine's Day. Really? And I don't know if you saw, I,
1: we've, I did my first
3: ever YouTube
1: video. I haven't seen
3: it yet. Well, if you go to my website, you can find it. But it's actually, I did it since I'm not doing any workshops this year around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I did it to help people who are not with their Valentine for Valentine's Day. Like they don't have one yet, or maybe they, they're going through a horrendous breakup and having a lot of pain. I did it to help people through, but I actually make a couple suggestions on what you can do, and that's one of them, is to go ahead, and it's a good time of year to think about it, is to do something for the Valentine you haven't met yet. I did it myself, and the funnest thing in the world was to actually give it to my husband when he came. I gave it to him on our wedding day. Oh, that's and he was precious. very moved.
5: Aww. Yeah,
3: and so the thing is, that's also a way of affirming that it is on the way, and it certainly makes Valentine's Day a lot more fun if, if you don't have your Valentine yet.
1: Right. That's absolutely beautiful. That's really wonderful. Thank you. And what is your love group that you were just talking about? I have
3: a group called the Love Club. It's almost full again. We opened it to, a, to some new members, but it's a way that I regularly work with people. We do a teleseminar per month and also a and a where people send in questions and I answer them. And I mean, they get a newsletter and, and things like that.
1: Oh, that's just fantastic.
3: So it helps them to stay in this nice, hopeful energy that is very magnetic to love.
1: Mm-hmm. And then do you have people in your group too who are in relationships trying to? I do. I have people at all levels. And so um, people who
3: are not dating anybody and just looking for, for an attraction, people who are in the process of dating but not yet committed. And then I also have some people who are married and just want to up-level the vibration of their marriage to, or, or even save their marriage sometimes. It just
1: people at every stage. Oh, I just think that's fantastic. And in your book, that's one of the things that I love about it. You start reading it before things even happen, if that happens to be the case for you. And then it goes all the way down to being engaged and married and what are some things that you can plan or work towards or... Magnetize into your love life.
4: Exactly. Well, the last chapter of the book
3: is called "A Relationship from Heaven" because Aww. I believe I'm, I'm not one of those people who um, who thinks that relationships have to be hard or a lot of work. I'm with you. I think you. it can be heaven on earth. I'm absolutely with you. <laughs> yeah, and so the, the the last chapter of my book outlines how you can make sure that you're staying in that place. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easy when you're with your soulmate. You, it, people the biggest problem that people have when they do my work is getting used to that it can be this good. Wow. So it's not, you know, it's not hard to get to stay in that heaven once you're already in it.
1: Right. It's just simple. It's yes. easy. exactly. Right. And, you know, we have some phone lines open. I think everyone is truly enjoying this conversation, Catherine, because the phone lines are not lighting up like they normally do because they're just, you know, taking in all the information. So what are those numbers again, Eric?
6: One more time, 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. Or uh, locally, 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527.
1: And, of course, if everyone wants to just listen to the conversation between Catherine and I, we're perfectly fine with that. We can talk up um, a hornet's nest, if you will. Of heart. I'm sure we could fill an hour in <laughs> lightning speed. Absolutely. So we're talking about the heart chakra. You know, we're talking about That's right. receiving and giving energy, you know, through love and compassion and kindness. You know, meeting someone who's highly compatible with you. Mm -hmm. right? A a friend of mine once said that, you know, when you're laying in bed with someone who is a a good compatible person for you, when you look up at the ceiling, you both see the same shade of beige. So do you think that's true?
3: (laughs) To some extent, uh, yeah, well, definitely when you're with your soulmate, you kind of your energy entrains, mm. and that's what um, my husband and I call it—a marriage moment. Mm. Where we, it's amazing how often we will either think the same thought at the same moment, just randomly, or mm. finish each other's sentence. Know exactly what each other, you know, what we're talking about. And so there's a a degree to which that's true. And it doesn't mean you're just alike. You can have your own interest. And sometimes I laugh at some of that matchmaking matchmaking stuff on the Internet. Like if you do some of the um, matchmaking services, you know, you're looking for somebody with this, this, and this interest. Well, you don't have to have that for it to work out amazingly well.
1: Right. And so you can have your differences and respect that from one another, but the normal, everyday life circumstances work well, is what you're saying. Well, your
4: energy.
3: You know, Mm. your energy is really together, Mm. and you have such a a drive to be together and such a satisfaction in every moment together, and you just don't want to be apart too much.
1: Mm. And so do you think that when soulmates come together, there's a purpose beyond just of course, enjoying life and having incredible joy, which would be huge. I think that the majority of the population would be satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do you think that there are purposes in people coming together, their unions coming together?
3: Yeah, you know, I think there are. I think that even just the enjoying of it, just mm-hmm. the, the having an amazing relationship and being that kind of shining example, mm-hmm. it, it enriches the planet. People mm-hmm. need to see that. I am seeing it more and more because of the work I do, a lot of amazing relationships soulmate relationships but i think in the general population people are not there yet and so you see a lot of the opposite right. hard relationships divorces blah 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 and so if if you are one of the ones who's doing this work and you manifest your soulmate which is happening more and more i then, agree yeah then you're an example and that alone is amazing
1: right being an example for other people so that they have a guidepost
3: yeah and and i do find too that yes oftentimes a couple comes together and all of a sudden their careers go better mm. or they find a mutual purpose mm. and they lift the planet with that. Oh, wow! so, you know, it tends to, to make everything better. And, um, and I do see that is a trend I see in soulmates coming together. If they do end up with a purpose together, um, either individually or separately, they're making a real difference in the world. It's amazing.
1: Wow, that is amazing. That's yeah, phenomenal. it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It, and what do you think is the main... Um, reason why individuals won't allow themselves to be in soulmate relationships?
3: Well, there are a few things. One of them is that the the, the cool culture, you know, in America right now is very cynical.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: It's
3: cool to be a skeptic.
5: Mm-hmm. and
3: um, And because of that, that's a block. You're not having... The, when I when they sold my book, we had like a ton of publishers interested in it. And the hurdle that I have to to get over when we met with them was just having them understand that that it, it actually is a possibility of soulmates. There's so much cynicism that you could actually really have a soulmate, or that there really is true love. That that is a big hurdle that I see people needing to get over mm. is finding that starry-eyed romanticism that's real. Wow. It can be real, and when it's real, it's better than any fantasy you ever had.
1: Right. Right.
3: For those people who tend to fantasize about somebody unavailable.
1: When right. you get the real deal, it's even, it's even better than anything you could have dreamed of. And shocking. That's a big one. And really shocking. You know, like, oh my gosh, here's somebody who actually feels what I'm feeling.
3: I know. Yeah. But that's the funny thing is yeah. so many people in my love club, as they manifest, they... Um, they, the biggest hurdle now is getting used to that they get somebody this hot right. and this, who loves them as much as they
1: do. Right, right. And thinks that they're all that in a bag of chips. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that,
3: you know, one of the big blocks is just really believing it. Another one is what you mentioned earlier, hanging on to somebody from your past.
1: Right. That's huge. Right, yeah. It must be because you made a whole CD for your book regarding so I know that it was a very big deal.
3: Yeah, my releasing a person CD. Oh. Well, be, because I used to um, run the crisis support team at Agape Spiritual Center. Right. That's where I'm from. Michael Beckwith is the right. pastor. Right, right. And, um, and we, the, the most suicidal people that we saw were around the issue of divorce or breakups. Wow. And wow. so I, I realized that this issue of attachment, and that's what it is, really needs to be addressed in a strong way.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, so. that's wonderful.
3: And it also is a major um,
1: holdout to love. And, and it's wonderful that, you know, th- I'm so thrilled about Michael Beckwith. He'll be at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival in May. Mm-hmm. And so we're, he's going to be a keynote speaker there. We're all excited that he's going to be in Idaho doing that. And I love that you've worked so closely with his organization and, and the church. And
3: Well, he's the one who married me. He, really? He and
1: his, well, he, he
3: performed my wedding with John and his wife, Vicki Byers Beckwith did the music.
1: So. Oh, lovely. That's I wonderful. know.
3: It was it was off the charts. He, oh. he gives good weddings,
1: I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And we've got some callers on the line, so why don't we go ahead and see what they have to say. Okay.
6: Uh, let's talk to Kelly now, calling from California. Great.
1: Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Katherine and Marie.
7: How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Um, I had a... Question: My, I feel like I really have my soulmate in my life, so I feel very grateful for that. Um, and you know, just along with the topic that we're talking about, um, how? What is your recommendation, or what do you both see would take my relationship to the next level?
3: Um, I would say that it it um is it, it sounds like you're in a really good one already, and I'm assuming it's pretty dynamic.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And that's a big test. Is, is it still, does it feel like it's dynamic? And what I mean by that, is it growing? Is it moving forward? Are we still excited about each other? And um, and that's a big one.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we fell in love pretty quickly, and um, are, I'm now pregnant with our second child. Wow, congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And he, we still definitely have that spark. We've only been together for about two and a half years, and um, we are just, madly in
4: love with each other oh good that's amazing you guys really
3: did go fast too yeah it was love at third night as as we call it third night how cute that is cute well and my other recommendation is is this because you know when i have kids too it's easy for to get very caught up in the mundane day-to-day life stuff and mm-hmm. to even, um, you know, sometimes be critical of each other and forget the magic and the – it doesn't sound like you guys do that too much, but forget just how amazing it is that you found this love and to have the appreciation for the other person. And the minute that you get back into gratitude or in awe that you have this, it, it takes it right back up to that high level.
5: Mm, okay,
3: okay, great. The
7: one, The one tiny piece that we struggle with at times I feel is our weakest – link in our relationship is um, my relationship with his mom Uh and I think that's probably a common thing for daughters-in-law daughter-in-law mothers-in-law to have friction at times I feel like sometimes she's in my space um, and she's just an excited grandma and I'm the we're the only um, her her other son is not um, producing children or has chosen not to have children Um, and so any recommendations with that?
3: Well, hopefully you're good at boundaries because um, she sounds like a, a, you know, wonderful and quite a gift, and it's really nice to have a grandma around. That comes in handy. But you need your time, and you need to feel like you have your own boundaries. And so I'd say I'm kind of sensing, like, better boundaries would be a good thing, just saying if you need some time or Mm -hmm. saying that you need to, you you know, you need to arrange things a little in advance just because things are a little chaotic, which is natural. And because you're pregnant – it's the mm-hmm. best time in the world to use that as an excuse. If you've never honored yourself properly, the perfect time to say, well, I just, you know, I'm a little more needy than usual. I need a little more space, and I I love you to, to pieces, but I just, I, I, you know, I'm finding that I need to plan a little more. I need more downtime. If there were ever mm-hmm. a time to say whatever you need, now's the time to do it, and certainly you can use the um, the baby as an excuse. Yeah, okay. That's okay. great advice. During
7: yeah, during the, when I had a river, my first child, um, I felt somewhat selfish wanting to spend the first, you know, a lot of time the first two weeks after birth with him. And that was kind of a an un, unfamiliar feeling to have feel selfish about my son. Uh-huh. Um, and
4: so this next
7: uh, next birth, I'm planning on having the first two weeks without family, immediate family there. right? And I'm a little scared of not having the support, but at the same time, I feel like we need to establish a routine. And so I've Establish those boundaries, but may have hurt some
3: feelings along the way. Oh, that's okay, and you can't worry about everybody else. They'll be fine, and you can trust that they'll be fine. And good for you, because I I don't really believe in, in selfishness. I know that might sound strange, but I find that most people are so far on the side of giving themselves away too much that mm-hmm. a selfishness actually becomes a more of a balance. You know, it's a good thing. Okay. It's so good for you, I and I agree. hope you you know you will still do it, even if it feels selfish.
1: Okay. okay. I agree completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and
3: we I know that we both send you our love and support we for do. an easy birth and a wonderful um, expansion of your family. Yeah. Thank
7: you. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Kelly.
3: Okay.
7: Take
1: Alrighty. care. Bye-bye. Take yeah. care. Th- that whole thing about spiritual selfishness, that's what I call it. Um it's Oh so, that's a good one. Do you like that? Yes. <laughs> it's so important for people to think of themselves and do what's in their best interest.
3: That's right. Because you can't run your life for what you know what might please
1: others. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then you build up resentment and you're frustrated rather than setting a beautiful boundary for yourself because it's generally That's
3: right. And nobody wants your resentment.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that was perfect. We're gonna go ahead and and there's someone else on the line, Eric.
6: We've got Eileen and Shoreline on the line right now. Wonderful.
1: Hi, Eileen. Hi,
4: Eileen.
8: Hi. Can you hear me?
2: Mm-hmm.
8: Hi. How are you guys?
2: We're good. We're yeah. good. Yeah.
8: Well, my I have a question. Um, I seem to have uh, whatever chakra it is, I'm not. my heart chakra seems to be closed and I have forgotten how to attract love to me. Mm. Besides I mean, I've got a great family that adores me. I have a kitty who loves me, you know, I have kids who care for me, grandkids, you know, so I'm abundant and but I just no companionship.
3: Well, let and, me ask you this how um do you feel like you go around and you have a lot of love, like your heart's pretty open all the time
8: Uh... Probably not.
3: Well I mean it sounds like you you have all of that love, grandkids especially and family that probably yeah. keeps your heart open to some extent.
8: Oh yeah, it's totally open to that and I'm like, yeah, but I just I just I, I seem to be afraid to move it out any further, you know. Well what do I mean?
3: you um how long has it been since you've dated?
8: Oh, um maybe 20,
3: na, 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 Twenty years. Okay. okay. Well, in this case, you're going to be surprised, and Marie is probably going to be surprised too. But it might not actually be your heart chakra that's the issue uh, here. Ah. And this is something that I do. I think Marie, you might remember it from when I spoke at the um, East West Bookshop. But but a lot of times, if I if I'm working with someone who hasn't dated in a long time, we okay. concentrate on a different chakra. Right. <laughs> so what would that be? Um, it's the the second chakra. It's yeah. the part, you know, kind of between your hips, your bum, your pelvic region. And, yeah. and the funny thing that I do in workshops that always get to laugh is I have people go, uh, and do a pelvic thrust. <laughs> and she, everybody's completely embarrassed, but then they do it. Then I have them do some hip rolls in each direction. And and it, what it is is it, it's possible that your sexual energy shut down a little bit.
1: Uh-huh. She had us uh-huh. flirt with one another. We had to practice flirting techniques <laughs> That's in the workshop. Right. And I do that
3: because... If you haven't been with anybody for a while, and that's why in my book I even talk about people having an opener, someone that they have a fling with, a mm-hmm. relationship that's not meant for good, is because yeah. they need to kind of get back in that energy. And I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, certainly not advocating promiscuity or doing anything that doesn't feel comfortable, but you know you're going to flirt with your soulmate, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you might need to start practicing flirting a little bit. <laughs> flirting is mild sexual energy, you know, just for fun and um, and so that that's what I might recommend is that you could take other ways of opening that area up or taking belly dancing or hip hop classes, um, okay. flirting, you know just any kind of going dancing.
1: I it's think you're, I think you're right on. I think that's exactly what you need, Eileen. I yeah.
3: think if, I think I'll just go
8: dancing. <laughs> okay. I have a friend who will go dancing with me?
1: Go dancing, and it's fun anyway.
3: Yeah, it's you get, fun. You know, it gets you moving. So yeah. that's what I would recommend, is that um, if you're shut down in that area, you're not sending out any kind of signal to to bring yeah. it to you.
5: Mm-hmm. And, it,
3: there, and, and I'm not saying you have to suddenly turn into May West. <laughs> everybody has their own style of flirting, and some for some people it's very subtle. And so you don't have to do anything that makes you feel like a harridan or anything like that. You know, it could be very your own unique way, and everybody has a different way, but you can kind of remember back to when you did date and what it felt like and, and at least draw upon that.
8: Yeah. Mm. I could I could unique up on it.
3: Yeah.
8: <laughs> An actual, oh, you're a okay. comedian. See, I'm
3: that really... might be your way. is with humor. You might flirt uh, with, with humor.
1: And, you know, as you're talking to one another, her second chakra is opening up and spinning wildly. So I, I think dancing this weekend is definitely going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's okay. very good. Well, you you guys,
8: thank you so much. It was fun talking to you, and I'll start with uh, flirting and dancing. Okay, well, have fun. I think (laughs) you're
3: going to have a good report. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks, Blessing. Catherine.
1: That is just lovely. I love I think you're right on about that. I think that's very important. You got to get the libido moving a little bit and get those hormones fluctuating in your body so you can tra- be attracted to one another.
3: That's right. And it's very important and it just it can be at a sacred level. It doesn't have to be at that base level that, you know, I also teach about.
1: Right. Right.
3: It, it could be in a different level, but I think we got that energy we were given that energy to use it
1: for a really good reason yes
3: and it's fine
1: so we are live here in seattle with katherine Alice, the author of love will find you and we will be right back in just a moment living music radio high vibe music and talk
0: treat yourself to Living Music Radio with Janet, Narion, and special guests.
1: Living Music Radio, high-vibe music and talk.
0: It's all about the magic of music and sound. Mm. With all that's going on these days, there's a real need for positive, uplifting music and radio. Living Music Radio.
1: Living Music Radio. For showtimes, go to livingmusicradio.com.
0: Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on The Marie Manu Cherry Show? The Marie Manuceri Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manuceri Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call... 425-825-5671. 425 825 5671 To find out more about advertising on the Marine Menagerie show, rates are reasonable and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial.
1: lewis and Clark would be proud. We're exploring new territory on the air every day right here on Alternative Talk 11:50 a.m. And welcome back to the Marie Manu-Cherry Show. I'm Marie Manu-Cherry, Energy Intuitive. I'm living here locally in Seattle, Washington. You can listen to the show where energy and medicine meets locally at 1150 a.m. KKNW or it's stream live on my internet or KKNW's internet site, our websites. And my website is www.energyintuitive.com. You can also reach me in the office at 425 825 5671. I have an exciting class coming up next Wednesday between 7 and 9 p.m. at the Marriott Courtyard at Redmond Town Center. It's uh, called Reaching and to the Other Side. So I'll be speaking to other people people's loved members and friends who are living on the other side. I'm also a medium and I'll be talking about what heaven looks like and what the other side looks like and what the experiences we have once we leave our bodies and how other people, our loved ones and family members want to reach us. So that's what the class is about. You can, of course, register online or call the office or you can just drop in. We've got plenty of space at the hotel. It's a brand new location for us. Great restaurants and shopping. Before you come listen to a class, one of my favorite things to do. And then today we have Catherine Alice live from Atlanta talking to us about love, what all of us want. Every single human being on the planet wants to be loved and wants to be in a loving relationship. Would you say that's true, Catherine?
3: I would. You know, it's so funny. I was talking one time to this um, dignitary who is is a very powerful leader and uh, makes a lot of difference in the world. And I was saying, and and he was complimenting me on what I did. And I said, well, I feel like it's kind of trivial to what you're doing. And he looked me in the eye and he said, are you kidding me? What do you think you think about when you're dying, you know, before you pass? You're not thinking about what a difference you made. You're thinking about the love that you had in your life. And that really validated what I do.
1: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And you mentioned a story when we were off the air during commercial break about two 95-year-olds falling in love. That's right. What happened? (laughs) Well,
3: this is in California near where I live, two 95-year-olds who were living in a rest home. And -hmm. this man wooed the woman. They'd both been married. They have grown kids. They were all for it, and um, he really wooed her. And she w- she thought it was kind of ridiculous at her at their age to even think about it. But she couldn't help falling in love with him. And um, and they recently got married. And um and, and their children say that they act like teenagers. Aww. You know, she sits in his lap, and um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just very cute. Aww. And um and that it's the perfect way to illustrate the point that I have that there is no age for love.
1: Right. Every that age. you get love
3: at at any age. And, um,
1: you know, it's never too late. Oh, that's wonderful. So, Eric, what do we've got
6: going on? We've got Lily on the line right now calling from Kent.
1: Great.
4: Hi, Lily. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well today. Oh,
1: good. So what can we do for you?
4: Oh, I asked, okay. The question I think is similar to the last caller, but my thing is that I want to know what I'm doing to block love coming into my life.
3: Do you have any intuitive feel for what that might be?
4: Uh, Intuitive feeling would be that I'm uh, frightened or not trusting my judgment.
3: Um, How long has it been since you've been in a relationship? A long time. Have you (laughs) dated in between? Not really. No. Okay. Did was the last one pretty hurtful?
4: Uh, well, the last one was a a long time ago. Was a marriage, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And So, so it was a hard breakup. Well, we didn't love each other. We got married for the wrong reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, so it was not, that my, you know, not trusting knowing it and then yet not trusting my judgment in the sense of that. I see. Yeah, uh, and it and, sounds
3: like I'm sure it wasn't the easiest thing. It's not good when you're with somebody who you don't love and who you're not meant to be with. It can be pretty hard. Well, neither
4: one of us loved each other. It's not, you know, it's not like it was just him or just me. It was both of us. We didn't uh-huh. love each other. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the fact that you said that, uh,
3: just that, that you feel like maybe you're scared, mm-hmm. I, I think you are.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: And um, it makes sense in a way that if you've had a loveless marriage, that you will be scared of replicating that or scared that love somehow means hurt, because it right. sounds pretty hurtful to me. Okay. And so in that case, the the thing to do is to start looking for love stories around you. And a lot of people, I'm not saying you do this, but a lot of people singles that I work with, they at the beginning they look at somebody who's happy and they're jealous. But oh, instead okay. of getting jealous, say I want that, I right. want that. And when you see something you want, imagine yourself having that too, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, and then secondly, I would start dreaming of of a different kind of relationship than you've ever had. Because my saying is that the best is yet to come for anybody who has not met their soulmate. You've got good times ahead, and start imagining what it's like to be with someone who you're madly in love with, and somebody who cannot see past you, no matter who else is in the room with you, and can't get enough of you.
4: I like that. Yeah, <laughs> and start I like you know start, um, start
3: feeling into that, imagining it, because it, you start believing it can be more of a possibility. The more the more imagining you do. Okay. Okay, so so that might be a way to reframe for yourself because many people who either have had a bad relationship or one that really didn't have love in it mm-hmm. or people who from childhood were hurt very badly they've come to equate love with hurt okay. and and, they, and in that case it, it's very understandable that it would you'd have fear of it mm-hmm. and so so the trick here is going to be to get beyond the fear and know that that love can be beyond anything
1: that you have ever. No. Yeah, more than anything that you could have possibly imagined. Yes. Yeah. And have you ever been in love before, Lily? No. Yeah. You, you know, I think that there's a lot of people out in the world who've never really been no. in love in terms of partnership. Uh,
3: yes, I think so, too.
1: Yeah. And
3: um, it's so fun to watch people finally open up to that. Right. And cannot believe it.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing experience to actually love a partner, you know, to be in love with them and to feel that love. Coming back towards you, it's just and people phenomenal... think that's
4: strange when you say that that you've never been in love. They're like they can't believe it, but
1: it's true. But it's, yeah. but
4: I'm like it's true. I mean I you know you you have some feelings for people, but is it that deep down? No,
1: right, right. You know. Well, the first time I fell in love, I was 40 years old. So, okay, and I had been married for 20 years prior to that, so I did <laughs> not. I w- I never had been in love with my husband. Okay, and I think having kids helped me f- kind of get close to the idea of what love felt like. But it wasn't until I was 40 that I actually experienced love for a man. In that romantic sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. So you have good times ahead. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Keep, yeah, keep it up and you know that we're sending you our energetic support as well.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah, and Catherine's very good at that. She really does. She just sends you truckloads of energy. <laughs> I need the truckload of love. I love <laughs> Okay, it. it's does. coming your way right now. <laughs> okay. Keep it <laughs> coming. Bye. She, thank All right, you. well good have luck. a
3: good one. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's very interesting how so many people really haven't experienced romantic love. And, and until you have experienced it, you, you do have to kind of be the actor in your life and kind of portray emotionally what it would feel like based on the other wonderful relationships that you can view around you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the good news
3: is that um, even if you don't get all the way there and being able to imagine it, then because you're doing spiritual work and you're opening you don't have to get it perfect, perfectly right. The wow. universe is, is your, your silent partner in this. God is your silent partner. And for that reason, you see all this magic and grace in the coming together with your soulmate and in the progress of the relationship. You get helping hands all over the place. So it's not all on you to figure it out and get it just right either.
1: Oh, that's gorgeous. That's very helpful for people to know that they're not alone in trying to figure this out for themselves. I
3: know. Well, that's what I get a lot from my love club members. They're scared they're doing it wrong or, you know, (laughs) that they won't get it just right. And I said, don't worry, you cannot get it wrong.
1: Right. It's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. And who do we have, Eric?
6: Right now, we've got Catherine on the line calling from Issaquah.
1: Great. Hi, Catherine. Another Catherine. Hi,
2: Catherine and Marie. Hello. Hi. Hey, I have a question for you. I've been in a relationship for about two years now, and um, I just want to understand how I can take it to the next level. And part of the problem, I think, is coming from me, well, I know it's coming from me, in that I've put on so much weight in the last couple of years, and it's really holding me back in relationships and career and just about everything. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, I hope you don't think I'm going to tell you you need to lose a bunch of weight.
1: Yeah, because neither one of us would ever tell you that. <laughs> well,
3: I don't think that it's
2: about the weight. I think it's, it's holding on to it. Or I created it about four years ago uh, based on a really horrible relationship, mm. and I'm holding on to that, and it's affecting me in this relationship and in, in my life.
3: Well, can you say a little more about that? Uh, does, it, does it bring up fears or uh, what, practically speaking, how does that outpicture for you?
2: By having the weight?
3: Yeah.
4: I,
2: I think it's protective. You know, I, I mean, I'm smart enough to know that a lot of women put on weight to protect themselves. I mean, I had horrible sexual abuse as a child, and then I had some good relationships, and then I had a horrible domestic violence relationship, and that's when I put on the
3: weight. Okay.
2: And I have um, navelitic. Yeah, well,
3: I think Marie and I kind of agree that the weight wouldn't be the problem. Yeah. And, and just to let you know, I, mean, I don't know if this will help or not, but I have tons of people who are overweight who find love and who are never going to lose the weight in this lifetime. And it doesn't have to mean anything. Right. 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 I, I hear
2: you. And I, and, and <laughs> I understand that, but I, I don't believe that for me. It's okay. not me. I don't see me in the mirror. I don't feel like me. Right. And I specifically don't pursue things because of my weight
3: mm-hmm. yeah it, like it's an excuse right. or is it a fear that because you're not yourself or you're not looking the way you want to look that you'll get rejected or what is that
2: no i think it's really just masking my power and you know of who i am mm-hmm. of who i could be you know mm-hmm. at this point in my life so And i think it's just manifesting in weight and i exercise and i don't lose i i don't exercise i stay the same but you know it's not about eating, exercise, anything. It's just, I think it's a blockage somewhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, well, Catherine, do you think, um, you know, that it ha- this has more to do with her loving herself? It sounds like it. Yeah. As you are now. Forget yeah. the outer trappings. Yeah, because everything changes. I mean, my, my chest line has moved a little south, you know, and <laughs> and my my bottom has made some movement towards the ground a little bit. and And one of the things that I have found is that, I need to love myself no matter what I look like. You know, that my body's going to change for the next 30 or 40 years, God willing, and I need to love it the way it is right now. Does that That,
2: make- I, that personally, I, I don't think I have a problem with. I don't uh, think that that's it.
1: I disagree. Be- hmm. Because whenever there's something in my body that I want to change, like let's say my stomach, I'd, I'd love for it to be a little bit flatter, let's say, so it can wear a little bit tighter jeans or whatnot. Um, I start to fall in love with my stomach exactly the way it looks. It, I mean, I st- the little lines from carrying children or whatever's gone on, a little extra skin that I have from, from you know, my age and maybe not doing sit-ups for how many years I haven't done them. And as soon as I start to love and appreciate the way my body looks, it changes. It looks different. It, clothes fit me better. It, I haven't done anything different other than appreciating my body. So I think the first thing that needs to happen, which maybe will take your relationship to the next level, whatever that level is that you're looking for, is to appreciate yourself exactly the way you are right now.
2: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying.
1: Well,
3: mm-hmm. Catherine, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. It, do you feel safe? No, I don't. Okay. Well, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, I, in addition to loving yourself, which will help to make you feel safe? Mm-hmm. I would try to look around for the ways that the world is a safe place for you
4: yeah, when you feel I think
3: safe.
2: that's it instead I don't think it's about loving myself because you know I honestly think I'm pretty terrific and I I do a lot of fabulous things for myself it's you know I, I honestly just ran into the person that that um, I do have a restraining order against and okay. I don't feel safe where I'm living okay
3: well I would say that and, and safety is not an outer circumstance. I have seen yeah. that as people start feeling safe in the world, that the world is a supportive place for them, they can be in a place that's traditionally considered unsafe, and they're the one person who nothing happens to them.
5: Right. Do, you, do you know I what agree. I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. and I I have been there. That's that's you know what I want to get back to okay. that person who had that strength, and and it always just I always knew I'd be
3: fine, but
2: I don't feel that way anymore. Maybe that's yeah. part of it. Right.
5: Okay.
3: Well, that's the job. And, um, and the way to do that is to look around for how you are safe. And if there is anything that really needs to shift on your outer, then do it. You know, like the restraining order probably helped. Um,
2: but there, no, is place, well, is.
3: there is a place a There is place you can get to energetically on the inner that will make everything change in the outer anyway.
5: Mm-hmm. And, and
3: ways to do that are to look for the ways that you do have support. Clearly this relationship that you've been in for two years is a source of connection and support for you.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm sure there are many others. And and you could even look to create more and more places of safety, even within your own self.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes more sense.
3: But You know, by your focus. Mm-hmm. And so I trust that you are led on exactly how to find that safe world that will let you blossom into everything that you want to do and be.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Yeah. Thank best you. of luck to you. Thanks.
3: Yeah. Well, you know that we're sending you our support.
1: Yeah. Truckloads. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful Blessing. day. Bye bye. So, how are we? We've got more people on the phone lines, don't we, Eric?
6: We do. We've got Sarah calling from Bothell right now.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we've got children. Well, we've too. got That's kids. At my house. <laughs> Sarah. Yes. Hi. How are you?
7: I'm good. How are you?
1: Great. Thanks.
7: Hi. I have a question. I read the book and love it.
1: Oh, good. Yeah.
7: Okay. Um, totally life-changing. I am at previously, I this previous caller kind of, I'm identifying with it. Um, I'm out recently of a loveless, completely loveless relationship and marriage. And um, I have found myself with a friend, and it's the ooey-gooey, knock-my-socks-off cosmic there's chemistry all over the place, and I just don't know what to do with that. Okay, and, and it makes me nervous, and I don't know if it's the right thing, but I keep thinking it's this kind of instinctual feeling that it's right, but right.
3: Um, well do I, what,
7: what do I do with that?
3: Okay, well, here's the, the way that I look at it is that marriage is super, super sacred, and that I am sure that you did not enter into it lightly, no. and you've got children involved. And so I don't, I do find that sometimes people will find, because you're not finding that connection at home, clearly, that there's this dearth, you know, there's this emptiness, and and it's natural to try to find something to fill it. But probably the highest path would not be to leave the marriage for this person.
7: Oh, no, no, no. It was over years ago. Okay. The marriage was over years and years and years ago before I... I'm at this point. Oh, oh, okay,
3: good. I'm sorry, I misunderstood that one. Oh,
7: no, no, no. The marriage has been over for years. No, Oh, no, no. oh okay. And I didn't, I wouldn't, no. So, so you're a single right now and you friend. have
3: like a an interest in your life? Pardon? Just tell me where you are right now in your love life.
7: Um, Single.
3: <laughs> and you have somebody who you have a crush on? Yeah,
7: we've been friends for a couple of years.
4: and Has anything more life. been expressed?
7: Um, gosh, I think so, but he's divorced as well, and um, it's just been kind of this—I don't know—attraction thing, I guess. But we've just—he's just loomed around the periphery for years, I guess.
4: Have you?
3: Are you? Have you been involved physically, or is it purely friendship?
7: Uh, no, we've been involved physically.
3: Okay, but but it's not really. There's nothing solid coming out of it. No. Mm-hmm. And you, have you talked about where you are or talked about anything more? No.
1: <laughs> ah, there's a place to start. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Sometimes people don't approach the subject because either, especially if it's a woman in a regular, you know, a heterosexual relationship, we've uh-huh. kind of been taught that we shouldn't be the one to bring it up. Uh-huh. But the, the second reason that people don't bring it up because they don't want to find out the naked truth in case it's bad news. Exactly. They'd rather fantasize than have something real or have it fall apart completely because it's fun to have something to think about.
7: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
7: It's just one of those things that we both were like, uh, whoa, and I, so I get it now. I get what the uh, emotional connection and the physical connection is. I I get it because right. I've never had it in 36 years or whatever.
3: Well, right. that's wonderful. It's wonderful that you have that feeling. And, and it's possible you may want to hang on to it, but if you really want... The real deal. And and I, I assumed that since you read my book, like you want that, I would find out with him. Because right. you don't want to put your life on hold for much longer just for right. the sake of a fantasy when you could actually be living the fantasy.
4: Mm,
5: Maybe not right. with
4: him,
3: but you would free yourself up if you find out the truth and he's not there with you. Yeah.
7: Okay. how sense? do you do that gingerly? I mean, that's
3: just awkward, isn't it? Yeah, it can be awkward, and I wouldn't worry about gingerly because right. there's probably no gingerly.
1: Yeah, I I think you just have to go for it. I I think that, you know, you you already have children, you want a family, that these are questions that you have every right to ask. Because we're talking about your future and the future of your family. And you, you deserve to know anything and everything you want to know about what he wants for his future and what you want for your future and to find out if they actually are compatible.
4: Well, yeah, and you're precious. You know, you were too precious to have
3: your life put on hold. Mm-hmm. And there's a big if he is not your one, then there's a big life waiting for you. There is the one right. out there, and it will blow away as special as this person may be and as special as your feelings for him. You're yeah. going to have even more with your soulmate if it's somebody else.
7: Okay. Wow. Okay.
3: So, okay. So keep that in mind because that's one thing that that is a block right there. Is is kind of being in the limbo land where you don't know. It can hang you up from your good. Mm,
1: exactly, oh, right. I Like that.
3: Okay.
7: And then, yeah. you,
1: And then you know, and you'll either pursue this relationship because you're both on the same page, or you'll be able to walk away and be available for the next one.
3: And you're, and the outcome is assured. You know, whether Sarah, whether it's, it's him or somebody else, there's no doubt about the outcome. You get love. You're going to be madly in love. You're going to, going to get to experience this thing that you're starting to feel now already. Okay.
7: So what do I do with that instinctual, oh, my gosh, that I, you know,
3: that... You're going to have to get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
7: okay. Okay.
3: I would I like seriously that. set up in a time to, to get together when the kids are in bed or, you know, when you get a babysitter and have some time. And I, my my advice for how to handle it would be to get into that connection, the, the deep friendship that you have first.
5: Okay. Mm-hmm. And
3: um and if you still have any kind of physical relationship, sure, hold hands and touch them and, and get into connection as much as you can first. And then, you know, you don't have to make a big deal out of it. You don't have to cry on them or anything like that. But just say, I've always wondered about us because I do have feelings for you. and um And I just want to see if you see what you see with us together in the future? or Are you okay. seeing just a good friendship, or are you perhaps seeing more? Because I just want to find out, because you were important to me in many, many ways. You, you could say something like that.
1: Okay. Perfect. Did you take
3: oh, I notes? I like that. That's awesome.
5: <laughs> I think okay. she wrote, I think Catherine I like wrote, it. she wrote Cold. your speech.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's but perfect. But I would, you
3: know, be prepared for anything, and, um, you know, take my book. If, if it doesn't work out, have my book handy, go home. Read the chapters again, because my book is, many people have called it, like, pure hope. It'll get you back in that place of hope rather than being crushed. But you don't need to be crushed if it doesn't work out. Mm
7: -hmm.
3: Better days are still ahead. I'm
7: done with being crushed. (laughs) Good, good. You don't need
3: to be (laughs)
5: crushed. But you'll know. And
3: it's better to know and be able to get on with it if it's not going to happen. Or, you know, maybe go ahead with him to be in this limbo you're in now.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, right.
3: Yes. Okay, great.
1: Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank yeah. Thank
4: you. Okay, blessings.
1: Thank you.
7: Thank you. Have a good one yourself. Thanks.
1: Thank you. That was great advice. That, that was absolutely wonderful. You, oh. you know, I think that, because I'm obviously older than the caller, and it seems like in my dating world, it's like you have those conversations real quick. <laughs> you know, it's like...
3: Well, you know, and there's something to it. You know that, uh-huh. that uh, there's this, this, this movie called P.S. I Love You. Oh, It was yes. very deep and moving. I don't know if you remember, but the Lisa Kudrow character... She would like um, everywhere she went. She she was determined to meet a guy. She would like um, kiss him. Given an interview, the minute he said a wrong answer, she would go all
1: right. See you later. (laughs) And didn't she she also do the kiss? She found her soulmate that way. Yeah, and she also kissed. You know, she 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 kissed a guy and she was like, "Uh -uh," uh-uh, and then (laughs) she (laughs) leaves. But it worked for her because she screamed them, and if it wasn't what she wanted, she
3: didn't dilly dally. She got on with it.
1: Right, she went on.
3: Yeah, and I advise that. I also had a client I worked with, a man. Who had this history of like two year relationships where it wasn't going anywhere, and so he we instituted a six week rule. He would date a woman for six weeks, and if he wasn't feeling it at that time, you know, then he would he would actually end it so he could be available for love. And now I'm happy to report he's happily married. Woohoo! So
1: it worked. That's fantastic.
3: Yeah. So I believe in getting down to it. And and finding out, you know, you need to give it a little time. But if if it's not there, if it's not going forward, then it's time to say next because you know that there's good ahead.
1: There's great ahead. Yeah. And so you just have this very strong, positive, optimistic belief that if you really want to have a a relationship, because there's some people who, who perhaps don't have that desire to be in a soulmate relationship at this lifetime, Right. I feel like if
3: anybody, and probably most people who are actually listening to this show are interested in love, um, if you're listening to us, you get love. And that desire, I feel, was put in your heart by God, because you get it. I I don't know anybody who's been doing my work for a while who didn't get their soulmate, because you get it. And and the biggest um, block to it is, is kind of thinking maybe I'm left out.
1: Right. And I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, they, they,
3: I know. They, they really just, do. They but do. But it's not true. And you were amongst many hordes of people who also said that until they got over themselves and now they're happily in love <laughs> and married.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that get over yourself part. That's adorable. <laughs> so, Catherine, what's your website?
3: My website is com. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. A-L-I-C-E dot com. And right now on the homepage is my video, my YouTube video on uh, what to do for Valentine's Day if you're single and you don't have a Valentine.
1: Wonderful. So everybody, you know, get online and check out the YouTube video and have a wonderful Valentine's Day, whether you're holding someone else's hand or your own. Have yes, An absolutely wonderful time. And I just want to thank you so much for calling in, making this a part of your busy day. And well, thank you, Marie. It's been a delight. Oh, thank you, Catherine. I send all my love to you and John and your family. I know you'll have a fantastic Valentine's Day and every day. Well, thank you. And back at ya. Thank you so much. And I know we'll talk soon. Yes. And I can't wait to hear about your new book when it's published. Well, thank you. All righty. I'll talk okay, to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. And I will be back live next Thursday at noon. Joyful Blessings.